Hey everybody, this is Mark and Chad with I Want to Know, and we have our friend here, uh, Sean. Uh, Hello. He's just a buddy of ours we hang out with. So just a buddy. Just a buddy. Um, I don't know if you have any particular skill sets that you want to talk about or inform people. I don't know what I want to know about you yet, but <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just see how this night goes. I don't know if you want to know. Yeah. Mark wanted to talk about. Oh, let's uh, before before we get into this, we're going to be talking about uh, stuff that you might not want to have your kids listening to. I'm not quite sure if there's a lot of people that have their kids listening to a podcast where we swear and talk about our esoteric uh, beliefs on stuff. But in case you do, maybe give this guy a uh, pre-listen. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So uh, you wanted to talk about uh, kids and Santa Claus. So yeah. we're all we're all dads. Um, Sean's got two uh, two daughters, two ones. and uh, Mark's got one daughter, and I've got a daughter and a son. So uh, we've all yeah. had to do and this battle, and yours has just been Chad. Yeah, Chad, you're you're past that point of the Santa Claus <laughs> conundrum. <laughs> yeah. I I literally we just dealt with it this year for uh, for me and Sean. I'm not. You're kind of. I'm assuming coming up to it. They're pretty young, if not in it. Yeah, she's still pretty young, but she doesn't really. Um, believe in Santa Claus. She knows that mom and dad or whoever else gets her presents, but we yeah. talk about it just like for fun and you know the shows and everything. I always just thought I didn't want that fat bastard to take credit for the uh, the gifts that I'm buying and working for. Well, okay, <laughs> that's money. maybe maybe that's a good point place for us to start here. Um, there we go. Why don't we start with you guys? Uh, what what is your belief on Santa Claus? Just go. Like the, the history of Santa Claus? As it, pertains, as it pertains to your family, not Coca-Cola. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I, I grew up, and, and probably up until I was like 15 or 16, my mom would still sign a present at least from Santa Claus and put it underneath the tree for us, um, which was absurd. Like, a, I'm not a retard. I knew there was <laughs> <laughs> no Santa Claus. By the time you're seven or eight years old, you sort of figure out, oh, yeah, this is a TV show. It's a character. It's the guy at the mall, but it's not it's not the mythical creature that uh, um, and honestly I don't know that I know that much about the history it's more the Coca-Cola Santa that I know yeah same with you yeah just about but like we enjoy the tradition of talking about Santa Claus and we'll go on the radio and hear like the Santa Claus report the night of and we used to always get puzzles at Christmas Eve so we'd do the puzzles and listen to you know the radar report yeah and so what was your guys' opinion or history you're dealing with your, your family and your kids in regards to that specifically we just never made a big deal about santa he was like bugs bunny like it was just a character that came around once a year we never signed gifts like oh when does santa. bugs bunny come along uh all year long <laughs> six o'clock saturday morning <laughs> back in the day that was uh my favorite uh, cartoon growing up so i remember it's funny if the, uh, i remember back when i was a kid it was when you woke up in the morning if you wanted to watch tv you watch that stupid hercules Cartoon. Oh, yeah. That was it. Hey, Herc. Hey, Herc. And now, right. now today, it's your kids wake up, they grab their iPad and watch anything they could possibly think of and on demand. Like literally anything. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. So, uh, you guys never, you never had presents from Santa Claus. You guys no. never told the kids Santa was coming to give them presents or. Maybe when they were like two or three, but then I just didn't like the idea, like the the whole. It's 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 a pretty insignificant lie, but it's still a lie. Like Santa Claus is a character. There's a story. There's you know some history of that. But he's not coming to my house. He's not a magical creature coming down the chimney. It's so I just didn't I just didn't push it. 
All right. Well, right, that's the end once there. once again, I overthink everything way too much. Yeah, we so, had that discussion last night too. Yeah, I uh, it, it, of course in my world, I I wanted I want my daughter to experience every possible option she can that yeah. any other kid experiences. But at the same time, I have my moralities as to how I want to deal with things, and I have to think of everything before it happens and how I'm going to deal with it. So for us, we uh, we did Santa Claus. Like, and I know what you're talking about. My parents, I think my parents gave me things. From Santa Claus, like last year. <laughs> and hey, I, Mark, look, Santa brought you a new pair of socks. Yeah, well, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their stance is because they never explained that to me. Um, but for us, it was I wanted my daughter to have that experience of what it was, but first I had to figure out why we were doing that and how we were going to deal with it. Yeah. And to me, it was just, it seems to be such a normal thing in our culture that we, we lie to our kids about Santa Claus. And then we just wait for them to figure it out and act like it's no big deal. We've been lying for them for the entire <laughs> right? the entirety of their life up to that point. Yeah. And so I was like, well, how are we going to deal with this? How can she experience the fun of Santa Claus, not be that weird kid at school, but not someday decide that Dad's on some level, bastard. my dad, I can't trust everything <laughs> my dad says to me. Yeah. Um, so I decided that in our family, Santa Claus was going to be not a person. Uh, but it would be a person that we would we would tell kids about, yeah. and then when they were big enough, we'd explain that it is actually the act of giving without uh, taking credit. Oh, that's really cool. And so in our family, it was explained that Santa Claus is a person until you can understand that you can give names to actions, and the action of giving without taking credit is called being a Santa Claus. Yeah. And so in our family, um, we only did stockings. Because like you said, I don't want to spend $100 per se on a present and be like, yeah, someone else got this for you. Like, no, fuck no. That's, <laughs> I bought that for you. Me, yeah. me, me. My me. butt off for that. That's right. So it'd be like a, a stocking, like maybe like 20 bucks worth of stuff in a stocking. Yeah. But Santa brought that for you. And it was, a, it was one of those things of like, you never took the credit for it. And I don't feel too bad about that. But at the same time, we've now taught, I've now taught my daughter that you can give things without taking credit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's, that's kind of, it was a big buildup. Last year, she was pretty, I'm pretty sure she knew the deal. Yeah. This year, she was just full out. I know Santa's not real. <laughs> she came to you? Yep. Oh, yeah. Nice. She's like, I know Santa's not real. And it was kind of like, I know you've been lying to me. I'm like, well, I'm not lying to you. Here's, here's the deal. This is the way it works in our yeah. family. It's we, we do things and we don't always take credit for it. And it's a way to be selfless. Yeah, yeah. That is so very cool. I never, ever thought about it that way. But that's, uh, maybe there's something to overthinking. Oh, absolutely, there is. Um, you you don't do it unless yeah, it's just the question of whether it's necessary or not. Is maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an overthinker for sure. No. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we had a few different cases where we were talking about just last night about not overthinking too yeah. much and overthinking too much. And I, I'm getting better at it now. We we just did a we're we're in a group where we're learning about financial planning and stuff like that. Um, so we're we're meeting once a week for nine weeks, going over this program. And uh, for the first time ever in my life, I'm really putting a genuine effort into like looking to what's happening, you know, tomorrow and a week down the road and a month down the road. And uh, where am I going to be? We talk about, you know, uh, one of my biggest goals is to be a healthy, um, active grandfather, which I think I say in almost I think every podcast. Most of, I think all of us have that goal is we want to be able to play with our grandkids. Right. And uh, so that was the start of it for me was setting that goal. And now I'm sort of doing that in every area of my life where it's, you know, with relationships and the podcast and the clothing company and where I'm going to be in the, the company that I work for, the my regular job um, in one year and two years. So I'm actually putting thought to it and writing it down. And um, I'm it's unbelievable when you, when you start focusing on that stuff, how easy it is to grow and change 
change and, and get to that next level in your awareness. life. Awareness, yeah. It's really funny. Um, I started uh, I started martial arts about 10 years ago. So that was when I started thinking about not just sitting on the couch for the rest of my life and yeah. like wanting to be someone who was going to be active when I was older. And I'm 40 this year. I'll be 41 in a month or so. Um, and it just occurred to me, I'm 40. And <laughs> I... I can do things that most 20-year-olds can't do. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those funny things where you kind of set a goal and then you ignore it. You just pursue it. Yeah. Make it a lifestyle. I think we were talking, Sean and I were talking about this the other day about how um, you don't make big deals about things. You make lifestyle changes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. Yeah. Like, I, I'm kind of amazed I made this goal that I, I made it to 40. Yeah. And I know my dad used to tell me, I'm 40. I can't be running around playing with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too old for this. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that really rang strong in my head as a parent. I just think that, you know, when uh, my grandkids are four and five years old, I'm like, I want them to learn to ski. So we're going to go up to COP and uh, I'll pay for lessons and I'll go ski with them every weekend throughout the winter or whatever that sport happens to be. But I want to have that ability to do that. It just, it sucks to think that you get to an age and, and people shut down and just go, oh, I'm too old for this. Yeah, I don't want to be 60 and left at home because the grandkids want to go run around the park or something right. and grandpa can't keep up. Right, yeah. Or everyone, you know, kind of, you know, like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that as a group today because grandpa can't do it. Yeah. Or, you know, that I w- wouldn't want to hold everybody back for that reason. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think we brought up a few times is you put yourself into these good mental states and you find yourself putting yourself into an environment with other people that have that kind of mentality. 100%. Um, I know personally, I'm training at a school, a martial arts school. We have numerous guys that are over 60 years old that I can't come close to laying hands on. And it's really good to know that that is a possibility. And literally right in front of me is the physical embodiment of that possibility. Mm, absolutely. Make choices that your 60-year-old self will be proud of. Yeah, Abs- yeah. yeah. Well, we're at an age now that I firmly believe when you hit 40, you make a decision as to how you're going to live the rest of your life because yeah. you can't go back past so from this. Get into the decline. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not starting over. We're not going to decide that at 45, okay, let's get back on it and start training hard. Like, I'm already at a point where I... I I get to a certain level and I get hurt if I train any harder. So Yeah. It, it just gets harder. I think you can do it at any age, but you it, it's just harder to get started and it's harder to reach those goals. Like starting training martial arts at 30 years old, um, it didn't seem to doesn't seem to wear on you that much. But starting at 40, it's going to wear on you hard for the first you know, Absolutely. few months or, or maybe even a year that you have to push through. But when you're doing it when you're 25 or 30 years old, it doesn't seem to affect you. Like you, you go do it and you can still go do your job and hang out with your family and do whatever. Yeah. Right? I'm at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the youngest one here, right? Yeah. You're 27 or something? 31. 31. Oh, yeah, okay. close. Yeah, I was close. close. Yeah. I would have uh, won on prices, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would be proud. Yeah. Um, so when did you start your martial arts career? Or Ooh, it's not a career, I no. guess. When did you start Hobby. training? And I uh, started about five years ago when I moved here. I okay. uh, always had a, a drive for it, but uh, you know, started watching Power Rangers at a very young age. Nice. And uh, my mom was afraid of that, so you know, brothers fighting and everything. So we were kind of taken away from all that and always put into like team sports, but we never excelled at them. Yeah. So finally, when I was able to you know move out and build a life for myself, that's when I started really pursuing it. Um, I would actually say that I started in 2007, maybe 2006 or five or four, <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting into my accident and had to put a hold on pretty much every single thing in my life. So yeah, it was a car accident, right? A uh, skateboarding accident. Had oh. my arm cut off. 
and went through what? a window. Yeah, I was going uh, going pretty hard the night before partying, and I thought, hey, let's go out get some exercise. Went to a old city. Uh, one of the first tricks I did, I get up to the glass window and fell right through it, and oh. got caught on a clothes rack, and the glass just started ripping me apart. So unbelievable. Yeah, I kind of had to, you know, take a step back from everything in my life and how, lay on a couch. How does it affect your training now? So, like, if you say you almost lost your arm, like that's a deep cut. Like that's. Oh yeah, I I was looking at my bone with my arm and ribbons and. Blood was pouring out like a bathroom faucet. Ish. So, so how does it affect you now? Uh, well, it's been it's taken a very very long time to be able to get to a point where I'm even comfortable using it. Yeah. But uh, like when I'm training hard, I'll get more arthritis. Yeah. When I'm not training, uh, it'll be a different kind of pain. Yeah. So it's there's just always something there. Yeah. So I just learned to deal with it and just kind of push through it. And then you know the positive po- part of it is that. I don't have any nerves there, so technically I don't feel it. Yeah. It's just my body, it knows something's going on, so it's trying to send signals to tell me, like, slow down. So that's where I, I call it arthritis. I don't even know what it is, actually. Just a, like a phantom pain kind of thing. Yeah. really makes you wonder how other people view pain in their life. Yeah. Um, is it a perspective thing, or do people just have pain differently? Um, I know personally, I've got some injuries that are arthritic and it's just a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course it hurts, but it's not like you stop doing it. No, and there's preventative measures that you can have to make it that you know, seem oh, not sure. as bad. You know, there's supplements you can take. But, but like, how bad is your life that you get hooked on drugs because you have chronic pain? Like, yeah. dude, just get up and... There's other things going on. If that's I think so, yeah. 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 The, there, there's lots of people that uh, take pain medications, come off them, and there's no issue yeah. at well, all, right? There's lots of people who do heroin casually. Yeah. I <laughs> so, found that out a few years ago. I was blown away yeah. that people can do that. Most people that do heroin do it casually. It's like you kind of like alcoholics. Most people that drink do it casually, but there's alcoholics out there who have to do it. And yeah. People find their thing. Well, I can't even Vice. imagine that doing. Uh, I've never done heroin. Saturday, I'm gonna buy some heroin. You wanna <laughs> you wanna shoot up with me? I actually, my roommate used I'm to not do addicted. that. Yeah, yeah. He was like a casual uh, hardcore drug user until he found meth. And well, that, that, that yeah. went sideways. That's after not a that. cash <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. No, he. Nah, I think someone did a bit about that. A comedian uh, had a bit about uh, uh, casual heroin heroin addicts. I can't remember who it Doesn't was. Doesn't sound now. funny. Just make, some, <laughs> it make, was make something funny up. Though. Just make something up. Uh, it was Joe Rogan, I think. No, it wasn't. No. I'm just Some, someone funnier up. than that. All the heroin <laughs> addicts that I knew or know, they, uh, it's like what you were saying. The guy found meth, right? Yeah. It's like you're searching for something that will give you that that pleasure that that you never had before, and eventually you find it. And, you know, your drug dealer. Hey, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Okay, I like this. I think when you get to that point, you definitely are talking a little more gateway. Um, when people say pot's a gateway drug, it's kind of like, well, in the same way that I guess like Coke is a gateway drug to alcoholism because Coke, rum and Coke, and next thing you know, you're now an alcoholic. Rum and Coke right. and cocaine. And yeah. Then, yeah, then Coke and then cocaine. <laughs> I think the, the gateway is uh, depression or anxiety or, or just trauma. not having a good, <clears throat> yeah, drama, not having a good life. That's, that's yeah, the whatever, gateway. Whatever causes you to be to have that addictive personality. Weak genes, maybe. Weak genes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not having enough Indian genetics in your blood, because I think just about everyone has a little bit, except Bastard. for Chad. 
can't. Yeah, I got my test done. There was I have family that swear we're we're First Nations or Métis and and we're not. Yeah, I kind of I was thinking today that if your family's been here for like at least a hundred years and you don't have Indian genes, then you're not Canadian. Yeah, or you're racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your family's really yeah. If you somehow really but, if your family's managed to be here for over a hundred years and there's no Indian genes, you are legitimately racist <laughs> on a genetic level. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. That's my stock right there. Yeah, there's uh, and racists. Yeah, like, and I don't know how the I don't understand the gene testing a hundred percent, but you would think that if there was um, uh, First Nations in me somewhere, it would have come up on on. The twenty-three and me, or not the twenty-three and me? Which one did I do? Uh, ancestry. I don't know why I'm asking you. <laughs> I remember hey, Sean, you spitting in I a vial. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it would have to the come pregnancy up on there, test. Right? <laughs> First response. Yeah. Am I pregnant? No, but you're native. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's none uh, in our family at all. I, I wonder how many people actually have it or don't. Well, Canada. what's your? We what, look up that stat. What's your family's? Uh, uh, history in the country here. I bel- how far back do you guys go? So on my mom's side, her dad came over when he was five, and then I think so. That's pretty pretty recent. Pretty recent, yeah. yeah. And then on my dad's side, I think it was the great grandfathers. So okay, my mom's dad on that side, and then my um, my grandpa's dad came over on the other side, right? And they. All settled in Saskatchewan first, uh, got their plots of land and paid their taxes, did their stuff. Got farmed. their plots of lands? Their, their pl- pl- plots? They're racist. Oh. <laughs> it's not <laughs> theirs at all. They uh, they got Stole. the piece of land that was stolen from the First Nations. I don't know if you can steal something from people that don't understand uh, ownership. Well, and they even say uh-huh. they don't own the land, right? <laughs> that that's part of the no, culture. No, they, they they very much do understand ownership. Yeah, if you have slaves, you understand ownership. Yeah, hundred percent. Did the First Nations have slaves? Fuck yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, everybody has slaves. Well, I guess whenever you got to understand, that, like five hundred years ago, everyone on this planet was a piece of shit, <laughs> natives included. <laughs> well, so. You're only comparing it to the people we are now. They were good people oh, back yeah. then. Yeah. Sorry, well, w- w- your last name Ferguson. I, I remember you telling me about something about the Ferguson tri- or uh, clan in Scotland. Yeah, how they were terrible people. And that was a, that was a story I got from someone in my family. Said that we come from a line of Viking kings. Uh, I don't know if it's which true or means not. Which we were just better at raping and pillaging <laughs> than <Better>. <laughs> anybody yeah. else. There's no like to get royalty that you're not born royal. Yeah. You take it, right? Yeah. There's somewhere down the line. You just go, Oh, I'm the best guy here. And yeah. I dare you to knock me off my stool. Stab. That's yeah. kind of like show me the guy who's like, I'm from a line of uh, thieves. Yeah. Actually I am, but <laughs> <laughs> the farthest we were able to track our uh, our ancestry was back to uh like uh, uh, the colonial war in America, and my family mm. were all like strippers and uh, vaudeville dancers. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> pretty nice. much thieves uh, and whores. Uh, I'm glad you don't <laughs> do that. I wouldn't want to see you dancing naked. Have you seen me dance naked? I haven't He's seen you dance pretty at, good all. at it. Yeah. yeah. You watched yeah. him dance naked? Well, Jordana has a video of it, so she oh, showed me. Well, Muay Thai shorts are pretty nice. <laughs> 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 Little dangles. And you know I, what Jordana's real name is Ricky? Did no, it's not. It is so. Ricky? Yeah, we had her on the podcast. Fucking and Ricky right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I call her that um, not all the time, but I'm starting to do it more now. Why Ricky? She was literally called Ricky for a day, and then they went by her middle name after that, like day two. Hmm. Uh, and so her name is Ricky Jordana 
um, duets, and they uh, they've never called her Ricky other than Thursday. Well, now I'm going to call her Ricky. Uh, totally. Hey, Ricky. <laughs> Uh, we probably shouldn't use people's real names or full names. Yeah. Uh, uh, now we have to edit that. Have fun editing <laughs> we, that. We we don't edit. We just keep going. It I is have to throw this is. one out. If uh, she gets really mad, she can sue us for all the money that we're making doing podcasts. <laughs> Tons of money. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we were talking about Santa Claus, and then we went on to pain. raping. Pain. Yeah, that's what you usually do. We off off the tracks. Off track. Okay, so here, uh, how do you how do you teach your kids uh, to be selfless, to give selflessly? That was kind of this has kind of been my doorway into that. Yeah, gotta lead through example. Like just having a conversation of like, so here's the deal: you're a Santa Claus now. You need to start thinking about what you're going to be buying other people for Christmas as Santa Claus and not taking credit for. Yeah. And just the concept of like, I gotta buy something for someone else. Like, no, it's about I get presents. Yeah. It was kind of like the look on her face was like, you just ruined Christmas for me. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, wait, there's more. We we have always let our kids buy presents. So like my wife will take the kids out and they'll buy a present for me and then I'll take them out and they'll buy a present for her. Um, well, they don't. I buy all of them <laughs> mostly, <laughs> but they they we wanted them to get used to that. Like, you know, thinking about what the person would really... So we, we have long discussions before we go shopping. Like, oh, what would mom really want? And like, oh, she likes being in the kitchen. Let's get her a toaster. And like, oh, I'm going to buy mom a get toaster. A frying pan. <laughs> I did it with my mom. Did you? Yeah, we did it growing up too. Blenders and yeah. mix masters. See and it all the time in there. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> the good stuff. Um, but I, I, I teach them about like really listening and paying attention. And, you know, when we are in a mall and mom goes, Oh, I really like that dress that you need to store it's that not just infor- background noise. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. need to store that information when it comes time to gift giving. Now you know what she likes and wants, right? Lots of times we won't buy stuff for ourselves because it just seems like, Oh, you know, I don't want to spend that kind of money on myself, but those are the perfect gifts to buy. First step to being selfless. Having yeah. to think about others while you're out, you know, in the world shopping. Yeah. Always looking for your own things, but now you're thinking of someone else. Yeah. yeah. Good and that's step. The, that's you're, that's a, that's kind of the lucky step if you have a, that that classic family unit where you can have one parent take the kids out and shop for the other. Yeah. Um, that is true. Yeah, something you can experience this year. Um, <laughs> I uh, I actually have to like book people to take my daughter out yeah. to go shopping for birthdays and Christmas. Just friends and, and other like, family yeah. members. It's like here's What's your 40? schedule look like. Yeah, I'm you want to trade? Book you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Just I'll take Ellie. You take Ava. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like, like here's forty bucks. Go. Let her buy whatever she wants within reason, and like, okay, so your daughter wanted to buy you this, and I told her no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the person you choose has to have that responsibility level too of not your kid's not going to bring you back like yeah. a, and they're not going to steal the money from your kid either. They got to be somewhat responsible. Well, you got to pay. They'll for buy their you time. a five dollar gift card and take thirty five dollars for the percentage wise. Yeah. I yeah, if you let your kid. Be alone with people like that. I think you've got bigger <laughs> problems to deal with. Like, life yeah. lessons. So, so what kind of gifts have you got uh, from Ellie for doing stuff like that? Uh, well, I uh, I collect uh, ugly coffee mugs. Yeah, I don't like having dishes that are uh, unified. I like having just different. Like I don't want eclectic. Like, yeah, like looking into my 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 claw or my, what's it called my cupboard and seeing like yeah. all the same coffee mug is just the most basic, disgusting thing I could think of. Yeah. So I like really ugly. Coffee mugs, so I've been I get those every year. Cool. Um, this year, my daughter bought me uh, jewelry. I've got like my ears are stretched out to a fairly large thing, and she went and bought tunnels for those this year. Cool. Um, and then she picked up a uh, a book. It's a an artist. You probably you probably see it on like uh, social media. It's like a dad daughter portraits that have been done of like 
comical scenes, like the massive dad and the tiny daughter, and she's taking the entire bed up, and he's hanging oh, off yeah. the oh, side. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So we got the book of that. Um, so that turned out really well, actually. That's pretty cool. So she must be doing, or you must be doing something right if she can pick out gifts like that for you. Well, and that's the thing is like there's, yeah, it's, it, I like to think that she's turned out really well, the fact that she absorbs that, but I definitely make sure to put the, plant the seeds yeah, of yeah. like, hey, isn't this really cool? Like, and you know, hey, like this is what I'm doing. You should be like, it's those people who are like, just get out of here. I'm, I'm doing my thing. Right. Or the people who, their kids are like, I don't know what my parents are into. Well, and it's, it's a, I think a skill that you have to teach, like gift giving, um, paying attention, knowing what people want. And like, you know, kids right away are like, oh, let's get mama this toy, right? Because they're, they're, they're selfish and you got to teach them that, no, 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 this is something that's just for mom. You don't get to play with it. You don't get to look at it. Like, don't buy dad a new Xbox because you want it. <laughs> well, but that's Need another thing too, right? I've, I'll ask her, I'm like, <laughs> are there things that you like to do with me that yeah. maybe you can go buy me as a present that we can share? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, if it's like we can watch TV together because that's all that dad does is watch TV. Yeah. yeah, that's not cool. Or like I'll buy dad beer because dad <laughs> just sits around drinking beer yeah. all day. There's a carton of smokes and a case of beer. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was in a movie. Hey, here's, some, here's some cigarettes. Well, I don't smoke. Yeah, but I kind of picture you as a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should start. Yeah. You got insurance, right? Knock them off slowly. Well, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, there's just certain people you picture in your head, and they kind of develop this archetyped, which maybe isn't accurate, yeah. but it's like the theme of who they are is kind of is. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you seem like type. It's kind of like, you know, in martial arts, right? I'm sure a lot of people would be like, I bet you that guy's really into, like, CrossFit, too. I should buy him CrossFit stuff. <laughs> the same way as, like, you're, you're an alcoholic. I bet you you'd really like some cigars. Yeah, if you're drinking every day, cigars go good with it. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking, like, well, you guys were talking there, and I was totally not listening at all, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so you don't know what I want for my birthday, I guess, then, eh? Liniment oil, maybe? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> nice. Look like at that. Giant bomb. Cologne, cologne, <laughs> cologne oil. Yeah. Yeah. Man cologne. Yeah. Uh, just kind of thinking of, like, um, you know, with, with parents raising children, believing in Santa Claus, and actually, like, having that thought that he is real, um, you know, just kind of playing the devil's advocate here, but, like, wouldn't that be kind of a, a good life lesson as well? Like, when you find out... Your and parents are assholes and liars. But, you know, you're going to be going into the world, and there's plenty of assholes out there that yeah. are going to lie and cheat you, like, nonstop. Like, I've gone through how many jobs where they just try to cheat me out of money because I trusted them. Yeah. So, just, it's you know, there's a positive side to that as well. I think it's very valid. I've always had the thought, though, I want to be that rock of stability. Like, you can you can trust me. There's not a... But I, since my daughter's been probably, like, old enough to, like, speak English, I've been saying, some people are just fucking dicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's that's just, there's that's one be, way to do like, it. Like, so-and-so said this to me, or that lady's staring at me. Why are they... Because like, some people are dicks, honey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the parents should. It's a little bit old school where they're like, well, you know, we got to teach them life is hard. I don't think we have to teach life them will life. teach them that. It might, well, but that's my opinion, though, right? That, and I, I follow the same one as you that uh, I like being the soft place for my kids to fall. I like being the, the, the dad, the disciplinary. I like being the one that teaches them stuff. I don't want to be the one that dupes them. Like, mm. to me, that uh, it just well, didn't feel right for me. Unless it's part of your plan, right? Like, it's, it's, it's how you set it up is if you, if you have that mentality that you're going to teach kids that not everyone's going to be honest to them. Yeah. 
but you have like some way to help build them up after that. There has to be a plan yeah. involved. They can't just be like, uh, oh, Santa Claus is real. Yeah. Sixteen yeah. Hey, years I got later. You. What the hell, Dad? <laughs> like, yeah, this is to teach you to question everything because eventually they'll figure it out for themselves. And yeah, you know, I've been lying Problem to solving. you, and this is important that you learn to question things, even what I tell you, you should question. Yeah. I think yeah. that's important to so give how do you kids wanna, yeah. free speech that they can question you anytime. Oh yeah. Well, I never, I never outright say this is how it is. It's like, this is what I think. What do you think is yeah. how I always deal with it. And if your kids, if you're a good parent, your kid will automatically assume that what you think is true. Right. But at the same time, kind of wonder like, well, if what, uh, what other options could be true? Yeah. Well, and, and asking them too, sometimes they'll come up with things uh, that I've never thought of before and your kid will be like, oh, I think it's this. I'm like, well, shit, that might be true too. Yep. Smart old boy. Yeah. So they, they just have a, a different perspective um, because they've got out, outside influences, right? Yep. YouTube, school, well, teachers. Well, they have your influence. So if anything, it has even more value because essentially they're thinking on your level just with like a different perspective on it, right? Right. Which, yeah. Even has more, like, it's not, like, if my kid figures something out that I haven't, I don't think consider that a bad thing. I consider that an extension of my logic. and Yeah. Because that's someone who's, like, they only have your influence to go off of. So that that is you. That's you saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah. My child is very strong-willed and stubborn. <laughs> I wonder where she gets that from. I blame it on the mom. Yeah, it's always probably. the mom's fault. Yeah. All the negative ones are the mom's. It really like, is. Blame the one that's yeah. not here. <laughs> <laughs> Every time my kids do something bad, I look at my wife and go, that's your fault. Well, Guess I don't know. from your side. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty even-tempered. I've always been a fairly, like, mellow person, and I think it's good that I'm the one raising my daughter that has, like, the stubborn and outbursts and stuff because I doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. They're tough to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, the outbursts. I mean, everyone has them, even as adults. Or maybe they don't look the same as a kid, but you have those emotional outbursts or those stressful times where you just don't say or do the right thing. And that's what yeah. kids do, right? You just but it's good to know that some people are going to challenge you and amplify it, and other people are just going to like let it slide. Right. And you need to know that there's going to be different ways that you're going to be dealt with. Yeah. Not just how you need to deal it. with things. Yeah. I didn't get any drinks before the podcast. Anyone thirsty? You guys both have drinks. Some water I'm here. gonna go get a drink. Yeah, we adulted before Unless you we got came. Beers or anything? Keep, keep talking. Beers and cigarettes. Beers and cigarettes. Coors and camels. Christmas at Chad's. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah so good. thoughts on parenting? I love it. Yeah, uh, it, it's amazing just to see uh, my daughter's personality starting to evolve and. And uh, just to see, like, all the influences that are going on around her and how that's changing her. Um, I think you were the one that said it. Um, sometimes it's, it's like a double-edged sword when you protect your child from the bad experiences that you had in your life. You're also keeping them from having that experience that created that that mentality in you. So, you know, there's... there's um, I don't know who said it or anything, but part of maturity is to question your parents and then whether or not, uh, or find out whether or not they're right or wrong. Right. So, I, I don't know, it's it's cool to just see all that stuff happening, and, and I'm, I hate her growing. I love seeing her as, like, a little girl and everything, but I'm very excited to see her in, like, 15 years and see where she's at and, like, how everything has effect, affected her and, and just, like, the character that she's going to going to adopt at, at that age. I think... I feel the exact same way about my kids. Like, But I don't know if that's a, a guy thing or a girl thing because my wife is a complete opposite. Like, She oh, can yeah. really enjoy the moment when I'm always like, oh, I'm so excited when they get to do this or when I can take them to do that. Or, no, it's just you. 
Is it just me? <laughs> uh, no, my ex, she was always... Uh, I, I could get her going at any time and just talk about, like, you know, one day Ava's going to be walking down an aisle getting married to someone, and immediately she would just break down crying. Really? <laughs> it was a joke to us. It wasn't like yeah. I was doing it out of malice or anything. It was more of just for fun, and she would end up laughing, I think, or maybe it was <laughs> sobbing. I've they never, sound similar. <laughs> I've never looked at the future. It's always been the past and the present. Yeah. And it's always been the challenges and the benefits. So you look back and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I don't change diapers. I'm so glad I can talk to you when you have a problem. I now. love talking to yeah. her. But I, so I, miss, I miss carrying my daughter and not getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also love Being that... kicked. Yeah. The, the older she gets, the more I can share my passions with her. Yeah. Um, but I don't think about what the future is going to hold. Because the future is going to hold what it, what, whatever it holds, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no way of knowing. And so it's almost uh, a waste adventure to do it. But I still do it. Like, just like... Where is she going to go to university? And, and I'm this kind of feels what disappointed. Is she going to go to university Is for? she going to go, yeah. Is she, yeah. Well, going she, go to yeah. She's yeah. going to go for arts and never have a job and live at home until she's 40. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and, or, you know, that's the sort of thing you want as a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think at about 25, you go, um, this isn't working out. <laughs> so My so plan is to be in Belize, and I'm here paying your rent. So it's funny. <laughs> have I was a good day. talking to someone recently about my plans for the future. Um, and I think uh, the garage, yeah. Sean and I have had the similar yeah. idea of like, okay, how can we make living in Thailand for at least half the year possible? Mm-hmm. At least a month. Like. At least a month, yeah. yeah. And for me, I was like, well, you know what? Actually, if I took a trans-Pacific cruise there and back, that's a month each way at sea for yeah. the price of what I pay for rent and like all my general expenses living in Canada. And when I hit Thailand, it's like half the price, assuming I live on my own. Yeah. If I have a roommate, it's a quarter of the price. So right. technically, it's cheaper for me just to go live in Thailand for half the year than it is to live here, as long as I can find some way to like make money, say a like passive income, passive or online or something remote, right? Yeah. And then someone said to me like, "Well, when are you gonna do this?" I'm like, "Oh, when my daughter's 18." And they kind of looked at me like, "When she's 18? Well, what's she gonna do?" Pfft, I don't know. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's not my responsibility anymore. Yeah. Well, either she's coming with me or else she's on her own and uh, it's my job to make sure like a part of my plan is to make sure that I raise someone who is a functional adult right yeah we just had that big battle in our house Uh, uh, my son lost all of his privileges for a week being electronics Um, stone ages yeah he he literally had books and toys that's it he didn't have anything else for a week did he join a gang or something or no it it was it was long coming but our discussion basically kind of followed up today was being that you know we have responsibilities and my responsibility is to teach you to be an able and courageous human being like to to go out in the world and do good things to be a good man and the stuff he was doing wasn't in line with being a good man so um he he, he was being disrespectful. He was talking back. He wasn't doing what I asked. And, and I, I give so many fair warnings. I, I It's like, listen, buddy, I already talked to you about this once. This is what I need you to do. You choose not to do it. You choose not to have your stuff. They're yours to lose. And so it was about two, three weeks of having discussions, reminding him, and he just chose not to listen. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. And the, the, the discussion ended up being, listen, it doesn't break my heart at all for you not to have electronics. I see some benefit in it, but not enough for the, there's not enough reward for the pain I'm going through. So if you want to keep this, 
you got to be this person. You mm-hmm. got to be the helpful one, not the non-whining one. Teaching consequences is probably one of the most important things. A hundred percent. Hardest thing to do as well. It is. Trying to figure out what the consequences could be and what's reasonable. Yeah. Ten and I don't, I don't like to see them sad. Like that breaks my heart. is a tricky thing, I think, with the modern days. We can't put the morals and beliefs that we were raised with these days with how electronics work. Yeah. yeah. It's and part of the society now. It absolutely is. The school and we, systems. We can't look at how our parents would have looked at it. Um, and that's been a trick for us. We don't, we're not an electronic family, but we don't have video games. We have a Wii that we use once a year usually. Yeah. We'll turn it Bowling. On. Bowling? Always bowling. <laughs> <Or> tennis. <laughs> yeah. The Wii bowling. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. it too. Like we play tennis, we do martial arts, we uh, mountain bike is our big one this year. But... As far as electronics go, it has. It's been. I don't mind. My daughter has her own iPod or iPad, which I'm not quite sure. I think I thought that was spoiling her, but as I'm seeing it now, people have kids like three or four kids in a family that each have their own each and get a one, new. Each yeah. one gets a new one every They're year. Expensive. <sighs> yeah, I know. I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. Yeah, I don't. I don't I have get the one. Cheap Samsung version. Yeah, we did. We did Kijiji ones for years. It was only this year my kids actually got new electronics yeah. and it, it was a phone because it was part of the package they could get them a new mm-hmm. phone for for free but before that it was like you know they had a four until we started like, it off with stopped like, working you can <laughs> only do educational things like games or you can play with the calculator or you can write or play games that are school related or art or drawing yeah. yeah but then i kind of realized like it doesn't matter you can do whatever you want and as long as like you know i'll monitor it for the first little while to make sure you're being responsible and you're not like, you know, looking at porn or like murder sites or something. But as long yeah. as you're like watching kid appropriate things on YouTube and playing games that are reasonable for you to be playing. Have you seen the kid appropriate stuff on YouTube? Yeah. Kid2, they I got a pretty it lax. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. Kids playing with toys. Yeah. We, you're watching them. What we do. Really? Yeah, no, yeah. 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 They're yeah, obsessed with, that's a huge thing right now. Yeah. Like watching a video of kids playing with, Toys. You know, Wait. it's like that. That's uh, I can't remember the website, but you watch other people play video games. I have done yep. that. You've done that. Yeah. Is I've it just to learn how to play through. the game better? Uh, it's just to see whether or not I want to spend money on the game, and then I, uh. I get in, you know the video games nowadays. There's it's not you know save Princess Peach anymore. It's like all this complex stuff, and there's so, like certain games have a story to it and everything. And it's kind of yeah. cool to see someone else go through the stress of having to deal with it, and you yeah. just get to watch. I'm so not a gamer. No. We found that the best way, or I find the best way to deal with it is to, uh, I let her subscribe to YouTube channels, yeah. and then she's only allowed to watch subscribe content, and okay. then I can go back, and I can look at her the log to see the history to see what she's been watching, and yeah. I've never had a problem. She just yeah. asks when she wants a new one. This is a good question. Uh, do you guys think it's good to restrict, so you can put um, age restrictions and stuff like that on TVs and computers and all that? No, because it's not my standard that's being used. Yeah, I agree. My my side of it is is I got a buddy that's a dog trainer, and he says that I can make my dog heal by holding him by the scruff of the neck, and I can walk, and that dog will be in perfect position the whole time. But the dog's not doing it. I haven't trained him to do anything, right? So I want my kids to think through stuff and and to listen. So when I say, "Hey, I don't want you watching anything that's got naked bodies in it," for say, it's going to happen anyways, though. Right? Yeah, like, but I want them to realize at the time, going, "Oh, I'm not supposed to do this," and then to come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, I was going through whatever Google and uh, or YouTube, and I saw this. Um, I shut it off right away." But if I restrict them, then they're not, they don't have the control, right? I'm taking control away from and it. And then There's it's a also a little bit more um, um, 
seductive, I think, uh, like to, to find out, oh, why did they restrict that from me? Right. I need to find out, like... Yeah, yeah I don't that like the idea of having a trust. fence to jump over. You're gonna you jump like it. the idea? I don't. No, I don't, oh, I don't yeah, like I don't that like idea. Either. You're going to uh, jump it eventually. Yeah, I like the idea of just having things that we encounter and dealing with it as it comes. Like, my daughter's... Uh, one of her massive passions that I try to push is anatomy. Yeah. She loves anything that has to do with, like, blood and guts and how the human body works. And uh, one of her favorite books, her teacher even gave her one, she's so so passionate about it, was an anatomy book. And that's not just nudity, that's like blood and guts, like real life blood and guts. Livers and hearts yeah. and intestines. So at what point in time, where do I draw that line with the sexuality and violence? Yeah, I don't, I think it depends on the person, right? Like for us, I, I don't have any issue with the violent stuff at all. I, I don't know I think why. it's gratuitous is what it comes down. And like, yeah. Personally, I've found that she, she lets me know when she's not comfortable. Yeah. Like when something's too violent, she'll just be like, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't want to watch it. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I respect you that. Shut it off and off you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's never going to be this thing of like, ooh, I, you know, dad's not around. I'm going to go sneak off and do something <laughs> I'm not supposed to. And that's to. exciting because that's what I had. Like yeah. I, w- I didn't have the internet until I was... 19. Right. And uh, I don't think it came out until I was like 25. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. The first thing I did when I got the internet was go onto a chat and pretend that I was an underage girl and try and find pedophiles. (laughs) (laughs) I did that. We used to do that in tech oh class when goodness. we didn't have anything else yeah. to do. (laughs) Started to like troll people in and everything. Yeah. Oh, that is. I don't know why that's so funny. That's just our generation. Or I guess mine and Sean's generation are two different ones. But yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's 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 interesting having that. I guess it's kind of more about we're talking about setting that line to be crossed and what that really means to a kid when they think about it. And I think it's I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's it's a good thing if you're a lazy parent, you should have those. But yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like beating your kids. Some kids need to be beat, but they don't need to be beat because of the, because of what they're doing. They need to be beat because you're a bad parent, and right. they need to be controlled somehow. I have a, yeah, I totally believe that. I grew up getting spanked, and I'm not mad about it at all, but I made the decision that if I can't outsmart this three-year-old and I have to hit them to get them to do what I want, then I'm failing somehow. And and we tried. We had some real issues, and I tried spanking, and it didn't work. Like, it just didn't give me the results that I wanted. And I didn't beat my kid, but it was like a legit... If you hit your kid, you're a bully. There's just no way around it. I think that I think that you're just lacking um, options. Like you're not thinking hard you're enough stupid. about how you can how you can solve this problem. Yeah. And and I think most people that spank it doesn't actually solve the problem. Like it yeah. doesn't stop the kids from doing it. Well, I'm a I'm a child bully, as you know from going to McDonald's with me. And uh, I, I do. I haven't s- seen you actually fight kids. I just try. Well, that's because I do it when there's no parents around. Oh, when I'm not there, because <laughs> nobody will believe a little kid, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can smack him around. <laughs> that guy did. Oh, he's lying. So what? I was just eating my burger over there. It's really good. You want one? Nothing no. but liver shots that won't show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'll I'll spank uh, my daughter, but it's not like a hit. It's more of like a. It, it breaks her out of the concentration of being upset. And it's not like a, it's more of just like a tap, really. Yeah. But yeah. it's the fact that that has happened. And now she's like, 
able to actually process it and then she can start implementing her coping strategies. That's the only time that I've ever seen spanking where I thought it actually worked. If a kid is in a fit or something like that where you can't get them out of that whatever realm they're in. There's no reasoning. Right. And then that's the only time I've ever seen where it But spank is a hard harsh word to use. You also can't judge so it's hit. Yeah. (laughs) I think parents and kids are so diverse that it's really hard to judge what anyone else does too. I definitely think there's definitely cases though where it's reasonable to hit your kids, whether it's just, you know, like you're saying, a a gentle like budge out of their current mental state, all the way up to just full blown you're bullying your kids. Yeah. You're stupid, you're lazy. And you're a bully, and that's what you're doing. You're, oh, yeah. you're, I've, I've seen parents that they it escalates. They hit their kid, and their kid escalates it more. Yeah. Because eventually, like you know, f- everyone here fights. We know that you get mm-hmm. used to getting hit after a while, and you start you start hitting back. Yeah. My and my my mom used to she, we got to a certain age where spanking did nothing for us, and we were spanked hard. Yeah. So it escalated to using a shoe. And then, <laughs> and then, an, Ed, an Eddie Murphy bit. No, Mom would pull off the shoe. And she would, she would hit us hard with the shoe. And then it was yeah. a boot, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, then it was a steel toe boot. No, and then uh, from there, if it was really bad, then she would ask her father to do it, and that's when, Damn. that's when it got. Do Do you remember the last spanking you ever got? Yes. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Do you remember the last? Childhood spanking, you yeah, ever got? <laughs> the one you got from a parent. That's the one I'm talking a about. Parent, yes, from. Well, I, I've seen some in parents the lately. environment that we're implying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was a player. Okay, a spank that you didn't pay for. How about that? I didn't pay. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't buy dinner for. <laughs> some way, yeah, just a couple drinks. Yeah, if it had to be your okay. mom. Uh, we, <laughs> we can get this out of the gutter and go back to last spanking because I got a funny story. But you, but I want to hear yours first. So, um, I was a I was a troubled child, I guess. I don't know, but um, I remember there was one time that I wanted the the passenger seat, front passenger seat, shotgun. Yeah, and I was maybe four or five. And my sister got into the car before me and, and locked the door on me, and I was like getting really mad. And I looked out, and there's like this big pile of dog shit. Oh! So, <laughs> so I grabbed it and started writing on the window with it. And then uh, my mom was just—I uh, don't know. That was, was your last spanking at like four or five years old. The one that I can remember. There was other stuff like okay. with a wooden spoon on the hand oh, or something. Okay, I used yeah. to say that's not fair, and then my dad would hit me with a spoon on my hand or yeah. on the the top of my hand. Um, but my grandpa, I remember him spanking me. I remember it very, very vividly. Uh, I don't remember the actual act of spanking, but I remember that it hurt and it hurt so much that I was afraid of him and I hid under the couch for like three hours. And then I remember, you know, a little bit later in my life looking at that couch and thinking, how did I fit under there? (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, my last spanking, I was 11 years old. My dad uh, was working out of town a lot then, and I was being a little asshole, and it was too much for my mom. And we they they did everything. They did wooden spoons, the the mummer's helper, the one by four with a handle carved into <laughs> oh. it, um, uh, dish soap in the paddle. mouth, cricket paddle. <laughs> oh, exactly. like, it looked like that. It wasn't yeah. actually a cricket paddle, but they a belt. I've had a belt across the butt. My dad the had a horse whip. Oof, and yeah. and the his mom still has it to this day, and I remember going to visit her, yeah. and she would brag about hitting him with the horse whip. Wow, yeah, yeah that's the whip right there. My dad Act was right. made to go into the bush and find a stick for his mom to beat him with. Yeah, go cut me a switch. Yeah, that's a that, good one. That was <laughs> it. And so my, my last banking, my dad gets home, and my mom's livid. Like he's 
first minute he's in the door, she's just uh, unleashing on my dad for me being an asshole. And so he's got to come deal with me. And he actually, when, when he spanked, he did it pretty good. He would come in, he would tell me what I did wrong, pull me over his knee, give me a spanking, let me finish crying. And then he'd come back and we'd talk again. And so, and if you're going to spank, that's not a bad way to do it at all. Um, but so this last time he comes in the room, has her little talk, pulls me over his knee, takes his belt off, and then about three or four paddles across the butt. And they were pretty hard, but not hard enough for like, uh, like it wasn't intense pain. So he stood me up. There's no crying. I'm looking him in the eye. And uh, I thought he cracked a little grin. And then I smiled like, nah. this is pretty funny. It doesn't work, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so right away, he realized like, I got to do something. So he grabs me, pulls me back down again and starts smashing my ass with his belt. <laughs> and it wasn't hurting, but I thought, I better start crying or this yeah. is going to stop. So, And that was the last spanking I ever got. The first steps of child manipulation. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Dad, it hurts. I swear. Here's a thought that I've been having. Um, and I've talked to, I think I've talked to you guys about it. Uh, now, I know uh, the whole alpha beta male thing is something that gets kind of controversial. Um and I guess it's because it's it's not necessarily properly defined. Uh, and when I look at a a, a beta male, I, I I guess I'd say for better or worse, it's someone who I think is not not a leader, not someone who has, or at not, least not leading. Not yeah, it's just not 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 the forward movement. It's someone who's kind of stagnant. It's not someone who that has any not any. They're not living life for any reason. <coughs> And your alpha is the person who's constantly trying to make forward momentum, yeah. trying to better themselves. That's a good definition. <coughs> I like that. I know a lot of people look at it as like betas are just victims and alphas are victimizers, and that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. So just for the case of having uh, a short like definition, something a beta would say. Uh, actually, a cuck. <laughs> 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 it's like a step further down. Yeah. yeah. It's in the um, so, anyways, let's just go with that terminology right now. Uh, okay. When I say beta, I mean someone who's not really someone who's living life, not someone who's stagnant. Yeah. yeah. And then an alpha is just someone who is going to be that leader, that natural aggressor of self momentum. Uh, so, situations where we've all heard uh, beautiful parents can make ugly children just as well as ugly <laughs> ugly parents can make beautiful children. Yeah. So, what happens when betas have alpha children? I've seen that happen a lot lately where it's just, you can see this little, usually boys, this little boy is not taking your shit and wow. this is his house. It's like kind of, we've talked about dogs. The dog needs to know that he's the lowest level of the family. Right. Otherwise you have a problem dog. That's right. Now what happens when your child is like five, six, seven years old and realizes that he is the alpha of the house yeah. and he has parents, especially a father who is the beta of the house. And he's realized by, usually by six, that he can, he can run the house. Yeah, because he has when, manipulation skills. Yeah, dad is dad's idea of parenting is being passive aggressive, um, of making ridiculous threats that he, there's no way he'll ever follow through with. Right, completely inconsistent and choosing whatever the easiest option for parenting is going to be. Yeah, and learning how to tune out everything. Yeah, so what do you do in a situation like that? Well, I don't think I'd ever be in a situation like yeah. that, so I have no idea. Like, I, I have zero tolerance. But obviously, they're not going to be having an answer for this. Yeah. I think that uh, Jordan Peterson was talking about with the unicells. Like, come on, man. Buck up. Go to the gym. Go start doing something. Uh, That's easy to tell an alpha, though, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, that, that, that implies that it's fluid. Yeah, it's a fluidic choice being alpha or beta. And I don't believe that. Like, 
Do you think it's all genetics? Like I have it's never all met. In? I've never met like the, through the people that I've known from childhood to adulthood. I've never met a beta that became an alpha. Hmm. I don't know that I have. There's either. fluctuations. Like I can look back. Like when I was a little kid, I had a little gang of yeah. kids, and we used to go steal shit and light fires and beat people up. <laughs> Usually each other. In all fairness. <laughs> Um, and there was points in my life I definitely d- d- don't look back at respect on and was like, I definitely had some like very beta moments in my life, yeah. but I've since then have tried to make progressions back to that, what I would positively call alpha. Yeah. I can't think of any of the beta kids that I knew that did anything. I've seen it go the other way. I've seen alpha guys get destroyed, you know, by a bad relationship or by, um, you know, an accident or, or something tragic. And they just turn into these guys that are, you know, whiny. Um, they, they just can't get things done. Everything always happens to them. Control. Yeah. And they're, they're just not going after but life Were they anymore. alphas or do they just have alpha qualities yeah. as betas? I would, I would, I would say the, the ones that I'm talking about were very much alpha. Like they were yeah. driven people and like some kind of tragedy just knocked them but off with their that, horse. I think like, like I'm, you know, I'm saying I've never seen a beta become an alpha. I've definitely seen alphas get beaten down to be betas. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I was in that boat for a while. And I, yeah, it's that kind of um, uh, that uh, the way of men. Um, I can't remember his name. Donovan. Donovan. Jack Donovan. Yeah. Uh, talking about the difference between being a good man and being good at being a man. I think is when you find yourself getting beaten down into that alpha position. Yeah. Is when being, what is it? When being a good man takes priority over being a good man, being good at being a man. Yeah. And that would be so you put your family ahead of everything. You're a good father. You're a good caregiver. You're you have that chivalry, but you don't have those like skills that make you good at being a man. Yeah. Which you know, and like, don't get me wrong; those are both very important things to have, and they need to be in balance. And when they aren't in balance, <coughs> is when you get a douchebag or a beta. Yeah, I think you're right. That uh, I de- I definitely have seen guys like that 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 get beaten down. I've been there. We're you know, oh, in a there. relationship. Oh, we've all been there. That, uh, but it doesn't. It, I don't think it changes you at the core. I think it though those times when we we get beaten down to that certain level is when we're just sitting back, kind of recalculating, like how do I deal with this? And right now, it's just easier not to fight, yeah. not to argue, just do the work. And in and my case, smoke a ton of pot. Home <laughs> <laughs> smokable. Yeah, and then you can tune it out, right? Yeah. You can just not have to deal with it at all. It takes um, away the drive. Which, yeah, and which eventually you did. You dealt with it. Well, you, so what's, there's. there's there's a good question, though. Um, is it the end result, or is it how we get there? Do we judge how who we are as men? I'm not sure I know what you yeah. mean. Well, so if the end result is you're able to be a man, you're able to do, you're, you're good at a man, you are a good man, but you have to do, you know, smoke pot or have those personal me days or whatever it is you have to do to be that, does that matter? Is it, or do you have to? Or like, are you saying, like, is that a choice of being a good man or? Yeah, being like, good at a if man? locking myself in the bathroom and crying makes me a good man and good at being a man, is that okay? Or do I have to only? Does like, the means justify the end? Yeah, or do, or is the only way to be a good man and good at a man is to go to the gym and lift weights and you know go do community service, helping old ladies move their house? Like, yeah, does it matter how you get there as long as you get there? I don't think it matters. I think that. I would say it does actually. Okay. Just to interrupt you there, yeah, just yeah. because like just recent for me. Yeah. Um. You know, like uh, I I feel at least 
that um, I was I was fulfilling my role four years ago and doing a very good job at it, and then I end up uh, making my ex feel um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It threatened because she's a very self-driven person as well. <coughs> so when we got back together, that's so sorry you. Doing really good as a man was threatening to her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a very well-paying job. I, I started my own company. I, yeah. That's right when I started fighting. Uh, there's also the aspect of how much time I was devoting to that stuff. But in the end, I was, you know, everything has its time, right? And right. there's there's a communication that needs to be involved and on both parts. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe that I was communicating. Uh, just she didn't want to hear it kind of thing. So. Yeah. We split up, and then we got back together, and that's when I gave up. I, I started smoking a ton of pot, yeah. uh, just trying to cope with what was going on around me. And I wouldn't say that it was for the best. Uh, you know, th- I always uh, refer to my daughter as like the fruit of my, my labor, or our labor, because you know, it was both of us. Um, and, and she is a great kid. She's very obedient. Uh, she has her times when she acts like a kid and everything. She's that's smart and creative. Yeah. And yeah. But uh, I, I believe that I actually, um, there was part of part of my decision to, to regress into that kind of beta male state uh, that I believe negatively impacted her. Um, and I think that's where, or I believe that's where a lot of the, uh, the uh, negative attitudes come from uh, because there isn't that trust that's built, yeah. uh, you know. Just in the case of my daughter and me, um, she looks up to me, so she needs to make sure that I'm that rock that you were saying before. And uh, whether or not she saw it or anything, she felt that energy. And kids can feel energy. For sure. Yeah. Regardless of what what's going on, it's they freaky. See it. I think they uh, we don't appreciate how many of their decision making or how how much their decision making process is based on how they they feel about a situation, yep. which is such an honest thing. E- even how we feel, like you were saying, you come in. Uh, from a really bad mood or a depressive state, whatever it is, your kids will make decisions based on yep. how you're feeling, right? If they see or feel the anxiety inside you, they're like, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. Oh, there's been times where my daughter has been like, I don't know why I don't want to be doing this or being here, but I don't. I need to get out of here. And I'm just like, okay, fuck, whatever. Roll my eyes. Like, okay, we'll get you out of here. And then it turns out that something really bad happens. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, shit. It's almost like, like a knew. sixth sense, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Kids know. Like, they're a yeah. lot smarter. They just don't know how to uh, um, express it. Yeah. And they don't know what's going on, but they just know. It's like a dog sense well, of seizures. They're yeah. a lot less a part of the adult system, too, in a household. Mm-hmm. So they're a lot more used to being on the outskirts and observing yep. and then seeing how things pan out. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting how, how what, a, what a much better outlook they can maybe have. Like, yeah. when your kid walks up and is like, there's something wrong, you should really take the stop and go like, oh, shit, maybe mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Right. Uh, the, the, I think it's got to be uh, ingrained in them, right? Like, so, you know, uh, animals that aren't predators typically run faster, right? They, they have this ability to avoid predation. The kids are sort of the same way. They, they don't have the ability to necessarily communicate or to protect themselves, so they have other senses that help them do that, right? Even from the, the parent itself, it's like, ooh, dad's in a bad mood. I'm not going to try to get this. Or even just to get what you want, like, I need a new bike, but I'm not going to ask dad when he's in that mood. Mm-hmm. So they have this skill set that, that comes that is necessary through nature for them to be able to you know cope with life and get through and and we I don't know where we lose it why or why we lose it growing up like I seem to remember being much more 
I guess, uh, what's the right word? Um, aware. Aware of what was going on around me that I am now, or intuitive, I guess the intuitive, word is. Yeah. Where now I'm more system-based as I get older, right? Like I have a system. My keys go here, and I brush my teeth at this time, and I poop at this time. It comes down I, to emotional control, too. Yeah. I don't think we understand uh, or appreciate how well our kids kind of figure out how a household works. Maybe they can't sit down and, like, explain it to you. But, like, going back to the electronics thing, so... If my daughter wants to sit and play with her iPad, which she'd be happy to spend the entire day lying in her bed watching mm-hmm. videos on her iPad. That's not how it works in our household. Or the way it works is if there's nothing else to do, yeah. you're welcome to do that. So I'll watch her and I'll see her going around the house and cleaning up all of her stuff and uh, making sure everything's taken care of, grabbing a snack or something. And I'll, I'll know, oh, she's going to ask to she's gonna ask to go on her she's iPad <laughs> because she knows what's going to happen. She's going to walk up and she's going to go, can I watch my iPad? I'm going to be like, is all your stuff cleaned up? Yep, I just did it. Yeah. Is your room clean? Yeah, I just did it. Did you, did you feed your fish? Yeah, I just did that. Nice. Do you need a snack or anything? No, I just had some and I had some water. Okay, yeah, go go go, go do that. Yeah. I got, I got no reason to tell you not to. And she's figured that out that it's like yeah. there's certain things that are required. And at, that's probably, you know, that's another one of those things of, you're subconsciously building a positive atmosphere of not like, yeah, just go get out of my hair, go play with your iPad. Right. There's, you have to earn this, but I'm not telling Mm -hmm. you it's like a bad thing to earn this. It's just, this is how it works. Like I can't sit and watch TV if I've got to make you dinner. So there's a, I don't know if you guys remember the video. There was um, this kid, he was, I don't know, 22, 23 years old, worth millions, something to do with the internet. Um, but his dad said, everyone has to do chores. And the kid's like, well, I want an allowance to do chores. And the dad's like, no, no, no. You can earn money by reading books. So if you read a book and write a report, give it to me. I'll read your report. I'll pay you 20 bucks for every book mm. you read and give a report. That's a good idea. But you're going to mow the lawn. You're going to pick up the garbage. You're going to... That's a very good idea. I like that a lot. I love the idea. Uh, I never did it. I don't know why. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, he did that. Did but he? I, I don't know if he was paid or anything, but um, his uh, father used to get them to do book reports very, very often. Yeah. I think there's some significance to paying your kid for the right thing, right? Like... I pay my kids to do chores around the house and, you know, sometimes I get them to do more and they're like, well, is that worth more? No. You're part of this house. Just go get the damn work A lot of it comes down to uh, taking your specific situation. And me and Sean, we're both single dads now. Um, And my daughter lives with me pretty much all the time now. And uh, I I like to tell her, like, all the time, like, it's you and me. It's just you and me in this household. If things need to get done, like, we're Mm -hmm. a team. We we do things. Like, I got to do stuff. You got to do stuff. It's not a big deal. It's not fun, but we got to do it. And yeah. In, really installing that, like religiously yeah. indoctrinating, like we are a team, you and me, yeah. Yeah. we're doing this together. I think it's really instilled the mentality of like, you know, I've got other people in my life, but me and my dad, we are, we have solidarity here. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that I believe that I was lacking for like the time that I was with my ex is that because I was being, or I felt like I was being oppressed or I was regressing into a state that I should not have been in. Yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't a routine that was being established because I was taking myself out of it yeah. and trying to gain the things that I believe that I, I should do <clears throat> instead of what I wanted to do. That's yeah. a tricky, I, I kind of felt the same way when I was with my daughter's mother. And uh, looking back on it now, I go, I... I would like the person I am now is a much per- better person yeah. than I was when I was with her, and I can understand why she would have had problems with me with who I was then. But the person that I've become even since then, she doesn't deserve. Yeah, not now, yeah. definitely not now, yeah. and not even back then. And that's the trick: is to not just become the person that she wouldn't have left you for, but to become a person that she doesn't deserve anymore. 
Yeah. I, I think that's really big. I don't think a lot of people do that in relationships. And, and what you said was so important that, you know, what was my part in this? I remember when we were doing submit, we had a guy going through a divorce and he came up to me and all he could do was bitch about his wife. And I just, I'm like, well, what, what's your part in this? Like, you're not a hun, no one's a hundred percent. You got to hold interest. yourself accountable or else For, you won't grow. Right. Just like you were saying, you put yourself into the state because you thought it was going to make things better yeah. and, it, and it didn't. Right. And you recognize that's not the right way to do it. And you said that the person you were wasn't uh, uh, great at that yeah. time that you could have been a better person uh, in that relationship. And the trick is to not make excuses. Right. Like, she was a bad person, therefore I was a bad person, therefore right. it's okay to be a bad person. It's, yeah. That's no. not an acceptable way to think about it. Take your responsibility. I had yeah. a neighbor... Take yourself th- out of the the the, uh, the crutch that you're using at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As logical as it sounds, it's hard to do. It is, yeah. And I the present my, struggle. My eye opening was my neighbor. So his wife, they did a big renovation in their house and the wife ended up sleeping with a contractor. And good uh, good job he must have done. <laughs> yeah. Here's a tip. Yeah. Just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he gave her I the tip? That's like how it works. <laughs> Choking on that. She's joke. supposed to give him the tip. Was this in Thailand? Uh, <laughs> let's let's do. Uh, we'll go on a different path. Rewind. So, anyways, where I went over there to help them finish up so they could sell the house, and and I was the the father in law. Who were you helping are you finish giggling? up? <laughs> the, the the construction work I was helping finish up. No, oh, usually, the, usually I wasn't helping up. Yeah. Usually the guy's done first. Yeah, <laughs> usually. So, anyways, the the father in law was there, and the the guy that got cheated on was there, and we were all kind of talking about it, and I'm like, ah, dude, I'm really sorry. That sucks to hear. And he's like, well, it's not all her fault. And like this is fresh. Like this is two weeks after he found out. She's off living with the contractor now, uh, partying, drinking. He's over with the kid trying to finish up the, the, the construction work. And uh, right, like I'm like, what? Like how can you qualify that this isn't like 100% on her? And he's like, no, I could have been a better better husband it's not going to work out now i won't do that stuff again and he knew oh yeah he knew I, I that know what that feels like yeah like there's you just uh, get manipulated into believing that yeah and i think people make excuses right like because it's easier it's it's easier to sit on the couch all day and smoke pot than to say and then say well it's because my wife is this person or my my ex is this person um and it's just a lame excuse when you're supposed to be that alpha male, right? We're supposed to be the leaders. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the system makers. We're supposed to be the breadwinners. And not, I'm sure someone's going to get really pissed off. Women can be breadwinners. There's nothing wrong with that. If it works women in the relationship. Women can absolutely there needs to be, be alphas too. Oh, for there sure. There has to be balance though. Yeah, it, ha- it has to be good for both people or for the whole family. Jordan says it has to be good for you, but not only good for you, but good for you and your family. Yeah. And so if you've got one person that's not holding up or doing their job, you can't use that excuse for you not doing yours. It's interesting on like the feminist end of that. I think that when it comes down to being good at being a man, it's incredibly similar to being good at being a woman. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to being a good man versus being a good woman, it's very, very different attributions that I would say are there. Yeah. Female qualities are more celebrated in women than male qualities. Well, they are now. Like moving it's, towards it's a really tricky scenario i was thinking about this today with like racism um you have a lot of white males talking about not just white, white, male, white people in general i guess white males though well talking about how like you know i i didn't do anything to your people 
uh, why are you, why are, why am I being chastised for what was done to you by my ancestors? Um, but then you go back to their ancestors. Their ancestors didn't do shit to your ancestors who treated them that way. So it's fair. Um, we just don't live in a world where anyone wants to deal with the fact that it's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. It's so hard when you're you're looking back on that stuff about, like you're saying, the racism and and what happened in past generations because it wasn't right. There's definitely uh, white people, Christian people uh, that. Yeah, but it's not like just because it's modern times that all of a sudden things are fair for everyone, right? Well, and that's it too. Like the everyone has to do their part to work, and and I think I've talked about maybe on the podcast, but there was a study done with kids, and it's not really a fair study, but it kind of gave you the mentality. So it was. Uh, down the states they would show a picture and it was a cartoon five heads like the the five happy faces but they would look like a a little girl like a cartoon drawing and one was Caucasian and then they slowly got darker until they got to like a really dark uh, African American they picked out which doll they wanted or whatever no they'd ask the kids questions and say which one of these is nice and then the white kids would check the white one off and which one is evil and they would check the black one off and then so they asked all these kinds of just basic questions to the white kids on these and basically all the bad stuff was the black people and all the good stuff was the white people and it's kind of unfair to do to kids but it showed this mentality but then when they asked the black kids the same question they gave the exact same answers to the white kids so the white ones were good and and helpful and everything else and the black ones were bad so they viewed themselves as bad so through the racism that happened throughout the year somehow we've taken this uh um uh, everything that we did to them brought their entire mentality down to where they don't even believe that they should be treated better. Uh, they they see themselves, and, and this was very similar with First Nations throughout Canada, they just don't see that they deserve to have better. And so, not not making excuses, but when people act like they're not good and they don't deserve better, that's how they get treated, right? Like the you're talking about the, the beta males and no one has a lot of respect for someone that just sits on the couch all day and does nothing. But it, you, you have to build your own respect, as it were. And there's an ability to do it now, and it's hard. And it's not right that some races have to do that or some genders have to do that. Uh, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you build the confidence of an entire culture or race. I think the issue is culture, is what it comes down to. Is, yeah, like where are you, what, what are you surrounded by? Um, if you're not surrounded by examples of what you could be versus what you are, then yeah. you'll never become that because it's not a realistic option. Yeah. Um, the, the problem now that we're having is that our culture is everybody. Um, it, the, definitely as a country, potentially even as the world, I'd say more as a country though. Um, and that includes many different races, many different religions, many different just... Uh, Cultures. Cultural, yeah, yeah. I think. So yeah, it, it is important <clears throat> to let people know that just because your culture has been something negative doesn't mean it always has to be. Right. The problem is that there's a lot of people who already have a good culture who don't want to participate in that. Yeah. Because it's not their fault. And, well, actually, it was your fault because... Well, I think that and you can look at it as, okay, white people oppress black people. That's absolutely true. It was horrific. And, and there's been lots of proof of that going along. And we go, oh, well, we're not doing it now. But what are you doing to make the situation better? So... Yeah, you're not making it Denying worse. History. Yeah, you're you're not making it worse. You're not uh you don't have slaves anymore. You're not oppressing them maybe, like just normal. But what are you doing to make their well, life better? I think so what take, a, sorry. Taking one step further instead of going, well we're not we're not going to hurt you anymore. 
that so I'm a good person now. Well, no. How about how about you build them up? How about you get their culture back to where it should be? You, know, yeah. you help build them as a as a group, as a culture, as a people, as opposed to just saying, well, we're, we're not going to enslave you anymore because that's that's good enough. I think yeah. what a lot of people mm, kind of have the wrong perspective on it's to make a metaphor is if you picture your culture as a heavy rock. Um, and your goal is to lift your culture up to a mainstay, so whatever above your head. That's your culture, is to lift, lift, have this heavy rock at your head level. It's one thing to hold that rock there. It's another thing to pick it up from the ground and lift it up there. Yeah. It will always take more effort to move something than it will be to maintain something. I agree. And so right now, yeah, absolutely, we are going to treat minorities and other religions better than we are the mainstay because that's what it's going to take to push them up to that mainstay. Yeah. And once they're there, then we can talk about what's an equal amount of effort to be putting into it. Yeah. I guess the, the, the thing that always comes up with me is that if you break someone down, uh, whether it be a person or a whole culture or a race, that it should be not just stop doing it, that you should be finding a way to help build them back up. Like it can't be them lifting that rock by themselves. Right, you step back. You're not holding the rock down anymore, but you need to be underneath them, well, helping them hoist that rock up. Yeah, and that that metaphor comes back to a lot of other things too, right? You don't have to help someone lift their rock. You can just stand there and lift your rock, and you're, that's admirable. You're doing what you need to be doing for you. Yeah, you're a better person to go help someone lift that rock. Right. Um. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious because we have a, a psychologist coming on here. I'm not sure when yet. We're trying to nail down a date. But he works a lot with uh, First Nations groups uh, where he goes in and does therapy. Um, and now he's working in the prison system. So I think he did 25 years with First Nations and last five or seven years or something like that in the, in the prison system in, in northern Alberta here. So I'm really curious on how, what his view on that, because I, I don't have an answer. I don't know how to lift that rock. I don't know how to, how to help change a culture, and I'm hoping someone that's way more I don't think there's educated. a science in that, though, to be honest. Yeah. He might have an opinion. I, I agree. Like, I think we fuck them so bad. Like, I'm not talking about settlements, because let's be honest, we were bad. Like, well, not we. The people that settled America, North America were shitty people. Mm-hmm. The natives that lived here were shitty people. And they just had a shitty people contest, and the North Americans won. Right. That's the way that I see that. Now, coming into like the modern world, going back like the past hundred years, we fuck them so bad that we had to just completely step away and say, you know what, we're really sorry. Just do your thing, and we'll try and preserve your culture. Yeah. And that hasn't done anything good for them either. Yeah. Because as much as we're trying to let them have their own culture, they're having their own culture within Western culture. Yeah. So. And there's but, no way you can go back, though. Like, you can't, you can't. <laughs> but what are we supposed to do? Go back and be like, look, you know, we really fucked up the first time we tried to help you with your culture, but let us try another time. Yeah. Come into these schools that we've built specifically for you. And, uh, but what do you do? Like, what, what, yeah, what's the answer? Because you can't undo that stuff. You can't go, oh, we're really, really sorry. Now, all the shit stuff that's been ingrained into your culture, that, that passes on in DNA. We have memory of our great-great-grandfather's, um, you know, starving... Stam- uh, yeah, famine. Yeah. Epigenetics. Yeah. The, um, what you were saying about that guy that used to come to submit and he just complained about, like, his divorce and everything. Yeah. Um, how would you fix that? Like, how would you get him out of that mentality? Oh, I can answer that for Chad. Chad would beat him up. <laughs> I'd be like, it wasn't a big deal. I don't know what the problem is. Give him a little bit of brain damage. And like, then, uh, I think Morgan Freeman, he was talking, I, I don't know, it was like a little clip off of 60 Minutes or something. He said, just stop talking about racism. 
Yeah. Like, I, I think the fact that we constantly bring it up is oppressive. Uh, the, to remind, like, this is what we did. Okay, we're doing that just to, you know, help you. Yeah. It's still oppressive. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's still it's passive aggressive yeah. oppression. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we enslaved you, but here's some money. Now you're going to be better. Like it's yeah. it's not really fixing the problem. Oh, the money wasn't good enough. Let's let's give them all houses. Yeah, that they have to come home to every day and go. Oh, I couldn't earn this on my own. Like how yeah. is that? Beneficial? The white man gave this to me, or the north, you know, whatever. It I is, think it's yeah. a great plan as long as we have integration. Like oh, it's yeah. kind of like it needs to be integrated, yeah. and that unfortunately that's where you get like, especially like moving from Toronto to here. Like I, <laughs> the ignorant. I don't know if I would call it racism, but the ignorance is so present. That here in Alberta, yeah, really. Yeah. I thought oh. it was worse in Toronto. No, well, maybe we lived in different decades, I guess. Possibly, yeah. But uh, like everything was, a lot, and I went to school. It was predominantly Asia, Asian. There was like a handful of black people, and maybe two hundred, three hundred out of five thousand white kids. Um, like it, it was all integrated, like proper, not properly, but um, there wasn't as much racism as you would think that there would have been. Yeah. But then coming here, and it's like all. All white people. So I lived. I lived in like downtown Toronto in like the two thousand, like early two thousands. I lived North Toronto. Yeah, which is like that rich neighborhood. <laughs> but well, you know that could be a lot. Jane of Jane and of Finch it. is not a rich neighborhood. <laughs> okay, well, no, I'm, I'm thinking like North York or something like that. Oh, that I north, did live in yeah. North York, but yeah. all the way from not so much. Eh? Yeah, yeah. But I lived. Uh, we had the housing projects, which were pretty much entirely black. Ripped down now. Yeah. Um, probably a good idea. Um, and then we had Chinatown, which was obviously primarily Chinese. I lived in the Greek town for a while, which is pretty much Greek. And all the different groups, they all got along, but they got along by avoiding each other. <laughs> so, so it's not fixing anything. <clears throat> no, it's the epitome of uh, the what's it called? The, not the melting pot. The other one where you have individual but separate entities in one pot, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure, like. No one, I never, ever heard a problem. Like, no one I knew. Like, yeah, here in Alberta, people are always complaining about the Lebanese, the Asians, whatever. And I never heard that in Toronto. But you also didn't mix with those people. Yeah, the, the, you weren't hanging out in the same schools and stuff. Yeah. I, I was uh, looking at becoming a city planner at one point. So I went to um, uh, OUC in Kelowna there and looked into the program and talked to a few people. And one of the things that was part of the program was learning how to integrate different classes. So in a city, they'll typically, you know, separate lots out by size and that's usually where the more affordable houses are and then you know you go to this area and we're going to do the lots this side and so what they were trying to do is make every neighborhood have a little bit of everything right from like you know townhomes and multifamily to mid-family higher end and then the estate type homes and i think Airdrie's done a really good job of doing that that it's it's pretty well mixed you go into um coopers and you have some townhomes some you know like my mid-level home and then you have some really nice estate state homes inside there and so now all these kids regardless of their economic background are all going to the same schools and are integrating with each other where in big cities especially old cities they didn't do that right it was predominantly like this was the poor neighborhood so it, you know it was either it, it was a um a multicultural neighborhood and our then, town that we live in is i don't know if it's a great example for that um i think the planning is good i don't think it's yeah. it's working the way they want it to. we live in for anyone who's not from where we live, we live in an upper middle class suburb of a large 
uh, wealthy city. Yeah. Anyone who lives here has money because generally speaking, you move here to buy property because it's slightly cheaper than the big city. Yeah. As a result, you have upper middle class people. Yeah. Uh, you don't have really interesting eclectic people either because it's it's one big suburb really there's nothing cool here it's just a cheap place to own property and a safe place to raise families yeah um and as a result we almost have our own version of like the jim crow red line principle of we can't segregate by law so we'll segregate based on economy so yeah we have people here that are black but they're doctors Mm -hmm. um or something to that degree but within that, all the people that like all the like, there's a lot of people who live here that aren't white, but the white people hang out together, the black people hang out together, and whoever else, they, everyone hangs out like in their own little like we are very segregated here. That's our choice too, right? Like, yeah. Is it, I don't know if it's ours, if it's theirs, but yeah, it's definitely a it's choice def- someone's making. Definitely our personal choice. Like, you're not white. <laughs> and yet here, a, we, here we are making. Here, a choice here, to here's here's my ultimate racist that. question. Uh, what am I then? You're you're not Caucasian. <laughs> I guess that's that's maybe that's an ignorant response. It's a funny. So I'm I'm like half Japanese and I'm half uh, English. Um, white people don't consider me white, and Asian people don't consider me Asian. Oh, so yeah. what am I? You're Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be honest, my culture. Everyone I've ever met that was like half Asian is a fucking like socially retarded moron. <laughs> it is not a good mix. I don't know, like. If you're a woman, you're probably super hot. Yeah. If you're a guy, you live in your parents' basement. Wow. And that Fair like enough. that goes from my family to <laughs> everyone else I've ever met that's been half white and half Asian. It is something fucks up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how there's just the, there's a culture that follows the um the heritage, right? Your your background. Um and when you mix them, it, it turns into something. Well, I'm the ultimate token friend because <laughs> I'm 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 Got enough on the list. I'm enough ethnic that I stand out as your ethnic friend, yeah. but I'm entirely culturally the same as that you are. Yeah. Right. So it's it's an easy one to go for. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. And I've almost to that. exclusively dated racist women, really? which is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How well, does that old. happen? You're 40 years old. And you've only dated racist women. Yeah, like they always turn out to like, be well, like I, Ricky. Like Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go into who they were, but yeah. let's just say that they're all like super white, like Nordic, Nordic white women, and they've all been like super racist, with really? having the exception, obviously, of what I am. Yeah. But I, they would never date in someone who was entirely Asian. Yeah. And wouldn't probably ever even have a black friend, but. It's an interesting... You know, we, we talked about this before. But I was also friends with, like, tons of neo-Nazi skinheads when I was a teenager. Yeah. Because so even... some of that even, rubbed off on well, you, so that's why you're attracting all the... Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I, well, it's something about that, that just everyone wants a token friend, but they still have to meet their uh, their societal stereotypes. We we talked about this before, and until I met you and started talking about this, I didn't see it at all. Like I'm blind to it, or I didn't care enough. I don't know what the what it was, but I didn't see that. But I've got a friend here in in town, and he's adopted four kids: uh, one Caucasian, one um, East Indian, and two uh, uh, black kids. I think they're from Ghana. I can't, I can't remember what country they're from, but they're 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 very dark, and he called me recently says can you come teach my kids how to how to fight and i'm like why do you want to teach your kids how to fight and he's like 
because this town is all using the N-word and, and on yep. these kids. And it's I went, embarrassing. Th- th- it is. It's super embarrassing to know that that, because... It's a top th- behavior. Those, yeah, it's a top behavior. They're getting that from their parents. Like, oh, the little N-word, and the, that's what they're... That is disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't believe it. You guys joke and call me a racist all the time, and it's mostly out of <laughs> ignorance, but when you hear stories like this in our in our town in, in 2018, ignorant. you're like, yeah. what the hell is wrong? If I heard my kids use those words, I would beat them to I think a problem with a town like us is being that upper, upper, that white upper middle class town is that we have that kind of basic bitch, basic bro kind of mentality, which there's this game of who can be the most offensive and most crass and walking around using the N word and finding a funny way to use it is about as offensive as you can get and still get away with that in that culture. And yeah, your kids hear that. Yeah, it's awful. I uh, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I walk around all the me. time, like, I'll kick your fucking ass. And my daughter picks that up, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing, though. No, that That's fine, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's something that I, in hindsight, would not have chosen for her to pick up. Like, don't fucking look at me. I'll come over there and knock your fucking teeth out. <laughs> my daughter will be like, why is that guy fucking looking at me? Should I go kick him in the face? I'm like, probably not. Yeah, you're not there yet. You got to gain another four feet and... Hundred pounds, and then she can go. If kick you do, face. let me go stand behind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Just kind of going back to what you were saying, like what what are you like as in your race? Um, uh, it, it it's a pretty pretty intense question. Um, Did I'm, you feel stressed out when he asked? Yeah, a little bit actually. <laughs> panic, 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 <laughs> panic! Oh no! Don't let your races show. Yeah. Let me, um, let me Google the answer. Yeah. This. <laughs> <laughs> I, like uh, I'm just kind of like drawing off of my immediate. Res- um, thought on it but uh i think it comes down to being familiar like what you were saying like that test the kids were doing yeah um people would 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 tend to push away the things that are unfamiliar to them because it makes them uncomfortable so then you know i'm not sure it's not really like gaining any answer to what your question was but like you're like an unfamiliar person so like it's you know you're an outsider almost right like I think um, it's it kind of like when McDonald's has curry flavored food, like you're not <laughs> threatened by it and it's a little bit different, but you're, you're going to try it. It's, it's McDonald's. You'll try it, They're but go right back it. to it's, a Big Mac. It's different than going to like the scary part of town where no one speaks English and you're pretty sure most of them want to kill you. Yeah. And then you go try eating a, a, something that you can't even read off the menu. Yeah, Big number difference. Four. I'll have the one board down. It looks good. Yeah. The, uh, Which is what, like, I remember in Tr- one of the things I loved about Toronto because it was so segregated. You literally could go to a part of town that was like another country. Yeah. yeah, they didn't speak your language. They didn't want you there, and the food you ate was like authentic to their their mm-hmm. culture. I, I used to love doing that. I remember when I first moved there, we had there's a big problem with um, I, uh, I don't know, some sort of like racial issue, with, like the black people in in like the actual like people from Africa and the Jamaicans and stuff. And there's actual violence going on. And I used to just Between love the Africans was, and the Jamaicans. Was that the year of the gun? Probably was a 2000. Yeah, yeah. That would have been 2005. Something. Yeah. And, and my friends were like, dude, you got to stop going to those Jamaican restaurants. Like you're going to get killed. And it was like, yeah, it was, I never experienced it's that. good food. It it's was, yeah. really good food. <laughs> it was good fu- food. And man, there are some really beautiful black women in oh, uh, Toronto. Man. 
Speaking of the food, uh, the last church we were at, they used to have these potlucks, and our church was very diversified. Indian families, African families, Ghana, um, Jamaican. Like, there was everybody there, and they would bring these most... So there was a Jamaican lady that came, and she would do this goat stew. Mm. It was bone everything. Like, she just made this massive pot. When you're eating, you're pulling chunks of marrow and bone. And dude... It was maybe the best meal I've ever 100%. eaten in my life. Yeah. It was so good. There's something about their spice palette that just oh, it is so good. I think I think a big thing is we need to understand the difference between uh, what would you call it racism when it's outside of your personal experiences and within. I think my friends that I know that have a diverse racial group of friends. They're the ones they learn all the ethnic slurs in their friends' country or uh, home dialects, and they they speak their they they they, they, they can speak a lot. Like I've got friends who have a lot of um, Middle Eastern friends, and they can speak like Farsi, but only like racial slurs and insults and swears. I can speak. I can say frog. Frog in Farsi. Is it frog in English? Uh, <laughs> in Farsi. No, it's just like all. Why, why do you know that? Because I had Farsi friends, oh. <laughs> and they just taught you the word frog. Yeah, for some. Well, there was one guy uh, that that looked like a frog. So they. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had to learn how to say it. But, but yeah, it's funny, like you, like you meet people who have who say racist things, who have a lot of friends that are from that race, yeah. and to them, it's it's. They're busting balls the same way you would with your buddy who was short, right? right? Yeah. Like, it's just like, you know, they're calling each other Haji and yeah. making fun of fucking goats <laughs> and stuff like that. Haji? Like... Haji, yeah. From... Yella Haji. From, Yella from Haji. Johnny Quest? No, Haji what? is like what you call... That was the kid's name. Yeah, Haji. Kid. Name, yeah. yeah, Haji. <laughs> Haji technically is... that is, a racist thing? Yeah, Haji is technically Whoa. a term for someone who has gone to Mecca on their... Uh, the Muslim pilgrimage, uh, but it's also just something you just kind he of... He had a turban. It's kind of like what you... It's also like kind of the term for like buddy. It's tricky. Like so in... Oh, okay. In the same way that like in English, you don't appreciate this until you start comparing languages, but in um, like the Middle Eastern world, a lot of their language involves... Like when you translate it to English, it'd be like, God be with you, yeah. grace by God, God this, names. God that, God... But you look at our language and you're like, holy shit, or like, thank God that happened. Like, we have a Jesus lot of it too. Christ. Yeah, but they do They do even more so, right? Yeah. They punctuate everything with God practically. Um, but yeah, like, yellow, yellow Haji is uh, hurry up, hurry up, buddy. And uh, up, it's buddy. funny, now that hanging around, like, I'll, I'll go to like, you know, just hanging around the mall and like the Middle Eastern families yelling at their kid, like, yeah, yellow, yeah, yeah, yellow, yeah, yeah, And, uh, it's uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting, like because they get indoctrinated into that culture themselves, but they find their own ways of being racist within that culture that they're now indoctrinated into. Yeah, and then to me, that's like that's where it gets to be like when people are like, well, if you can use the N word, I can use the N word, and I'd be like, well, you know, to be honest, I'd agree with you as long as you're living in black culture with yeah. your black friends. Even and still, it's like, yeah, I'd say there's a social context yeah, too, yeah. but. Maybe that's a bad. That's an that's an extreme example. But when you start hanging around friends that have different cultures and you start adopting it and acting like they do, then that's one thing. But the problem is, is it sounds exactly the same as when racists say it, and that's yeah. where we lose the context of it. 
you're 100% right. And, and, and because you get permission to do it, say, from your friend to use the, the N-word or Haji or whatever it is, then uh, someone else hears you say, and like, oh, it's okay to do that? And well, and Haji is what the Americans used to call the Iraqis when they first invaded as an insult because they were just like, it's kind of like Charlie over in like, it's Vietnam. not, it, yeah, it wasn't a compliment, even though that's what they call each other. It's just like a fucking, fucking Haji over there. Yeah. So... You know, it, and it means a lot of things. Like, I could be like, Chad, you fucking cunt. That's like, it means one thing to be like, you fucking cunt. Right. It's like, it, it, there's a big, especially if like, I don't know you. Yeah. And how I'm saying that to you, it's... it's. Well, in Australia, they use the C word as a, um, as like a, that's just the word. Like, oh, you're a good cunt. <laughs> Isn't that the same? They say that in Australia. It's not the same way in England, too, though. I, I, I've only heard the Australian one. They may do it. I mean, all cultures will take on parts of from other cultures yeah. and like, oh, that's really cool. And I get to see the C word. And um, so, yeah, it probably does span yeah. across. But I've heard it most recently in Australia that that's like the, that's just the way that's like, hey, buddy, or uh, hey, fucker. Like, it's kind of here, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like asshole or dick here. Like, don't be a dick. Yeah. Like, no one blinks a lie at that. Yeah. There's so many names that uh, are so offensive. The C word, for some reason, it's just it. Yeah, I called I think one lady that, and she really got mad. <laughs> it is such a like if they say that our 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 profanity is based on the emotional release you get because that's why they're all very sharp single <coughs> syllable words like fuck, yeah, or cunt or shit. It's just something that like when you say it, it actually releases endorphins and it can actually cause you like when you hurt yourself, the swearing will actually make the pain go down by the release. Yeah. I shot a nail through my hand. And, yeah. Uh, actually, it was like 10 years ago this but, week. But, oh, man, mm-hmm. cunt has so much power. Like, it is just such a sharp, power. Let's all word. say that together. Cunt. cunt. <laughs> my We're favorite. Bonding. I guess I got to change the programming on our <laughs> upload tonight. As a teenager, my favorite phrase was stunned cunt. Yeah. It felt uh, like yeah maybe that's like, a good one. You that's fucking stunned, stunned cunt. cunt. That's the dumbest woman you've ever met. Oh, I used it mostly <laughs> on men. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Because it was one of those things that, like, when you said that, when you got in someone's face that just did something stupid to you, and you were like, you fucking stunned cunt. It must have been in a movie, because I remember that growing up, like, people using that all the time. I used it so much that I remember my mother being like, could you just not say that around me, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. It's, who knows, possible. But it felt good. Like, it was just, yeah. like, this train of, like, endorphin releases. I, when I shot that nail through my hand, I was building a hockey ring for a family. Picture. I thought you were driving your truck and running into people. That's uh, what I got that, from your That collage. all happened like three days apart from each other. I re- rode off my truck and then I shot the nail so through you, my you hand. So you posted something on Facebook recently, memory, and it had a collage of a uh, car accident and you had a nail through your finger. That's the one, yeah. That's what I'm referring, yeah. yeah. So I was just saying, so destructive. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad week. It was a really bad week. I was like, I would totally, I would, week. I would get in a car accident too if I put a nail through my hand while I was driving. Yeah, I um, but the back to the swearing. That's how they. I, I got over it. I looked down as the nail is in my hand, and I started fuck, 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 just and kicking and throwing stuff until like, oh, the pain went away. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to the hospital now. Well, it's like, uh, it's like in uh, Muay Thai when uh, when you get hit, you get taught to like breathe out like a sort of which uh they say like it, it, it empties your diaphragm which makes the pain hurt less i think yeah. it's that psychology yeah of just having that sharp release of air mm. it i think it does at least i yeah. know like even doing never things, felt pain so you've never felt pain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the, uh, boat. Yeah, your defense shows that you don't feel pain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't worn a jock in like two years, maybe. Um, oh, I know. I've been kicked many times. Yeah, so. I know. If my knees were more sensitive, I'd be gay technically right now. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, What you were saying there about the, the, the release, but some of that is whatever you tell people, right? So fighters aren't necessarily known as the brightest people out there. So if you tell them, oh, oh you just do this and it relieves your pain. You make a noise or you say something and your pain goes away. You tell them over and over again through their training. It just becomes true. Yeah, You can make that happen, right? So it's just that. If you're telling them about talking to them how to deal with pain, they shouldn't be a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Just say this. this. Is all normal. It's funny. We it's were natural. doing... Uh, I was talking to Sean about this. We were doing, uh, I don't know what they're called. I've always called them tie sit-ups, and that's where you take a tie pad, which is, uh, what would you guys call that? It's like a one like foot. Like a forearm pad. Yeah, it's like a one foot by nine inch uh, rectangular pad that you kick and hit as a shield. Yeah. And uh, with, with what this with the what I call tie sit-ups is you do a sit-up, and when you lie flat, your partner hits you with that pad as hard as they can or as hard as you can take it. And I was doing it with my coach the other day uh, at class, and I remember at one point, like, he he said, if they're not hitting you hard enough, tart, start talking shit to them about how they're not hitting you hard <laughs> enough, and they'll hit you harder. And so hey, to your him, pansy, is that as hard as you can? Oh, yeah, I was like, come on, man, you're the coach here, you can't hit harder than that, and I was being loud about it, too, yeah. and it came to the point where at one point I was like, hit me hard enough to scare the new people. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a different it's a different culture that's for sure. Yeah, I love uh, I love Muay Thai. We did the pad work last weekend when um, Jason and Candice were here. Mm-hmm. That felt so good to be back at it again. We're trying to figure out our fall schedule with what the kids are doing, and I'd love to get back into a gym. You made an interesting again. point that we've been talking about recently because you're saying that you your your elbow was hurting after that, but how it was like a day that yeah. you had that. And I've found I mean, it was six months that mobility. I've had a ten, tennis elbow that I've been babying it, and like everything was hurting. I pick up my coffee cup out of the yeah. cup holder in the uh, truck, and it was like serious pain. So I was babying it for six months, trying to let it get better. Went for ultrasounds, you know, anti inflammatories, everything. Nothing was working. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe that your body will heal injuries better if they're used to feel it, healing those injuries. Yeah. So if it's injuries that you're getting from kickboxing that you're always getting, your body will heal that better than a stubbed toe that you're, you're just not used to getting or yeah. whatever. Um, I have a steel plate in my leg, and I found that that leg heals uh, microfractures from kicks yeah. faster than my right leg. They both heal pretty quick, but that one seems to heal quicker and better. Hmm. Um, I honestly believe your body just gets, it's trainable. Yeah. It, uh, it'll work certain ways better than others. Yeah. Well, it depends on how you treat it too, right? When I was, uh, hurt my elbow, um, I would, I wasn't eating very good. I was having a lot of junk at home from the gym. Figured, oh, I had a good workout. I'll have a bag of chips. Well, that's not a way to no. heal yourself, right? Or now my... Eating pizza. is like almost perfectly on point. <laughs> pizza. Psychology has a lot to do with, I think, health too, though. Yeah, a hundred percent it does. Like, I was, I recently hurt my back, and I was out for two weeks trying to be, you know, trying to be reasonable with it. And then I went, you know what? This is fucking stupid. I'm going back to kickboxing. I don't care. Um, I might have to modify it, but I'm going back. I'm not. I'm not. I'm done. I, I was kind of like, fuck you, back. I gave you the time to heal. You're not healed. Tough shit. We're going back. Yeah. I'm not using this as an excuse to sit on the couch. So I went to the doctor and I said, okay, so here's what's going on with my back. I'm having problems. And uh, he's Is like, okay. GP? Yeah. 
He's like, okay, uh, so here's what we need to do. Um, you're probably going to have to have some lifestyle changes. We'll put you into uh, physical therapy. Uh, we'll give you some, uh, we'll give you some like drugs, like some painkillers, essentially. You're probably going to be on those for a while now. It's probably just, this is just a new way of how life is going to be for you. You're broken. Yep. I, and he goes, how does that sound? I'm like, no, you're going to give me some uh, muscle relaxants and anti-inflammatories, and I don't fucking care. I'm going back to kickboxing tomorrow. Yeah. And he just looked at me like, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a very similar story. I was, uh, I, I've had massive back injuries throughout my life, but oh, I had. Oh, sorry. I should add. Oh, go ahead. A week later, I'm perfectly fine. Now. Yeah. The, and this Mobility. is. Well, I think there's something, there needs to be two different types of medicine. Medicine for people who want an excuse to be uh, lethargic, useless fucks, mm-hmm. and medicine for people who are willing to put the effort into being getting better. Yeah. Although just get phys- physiotherapy is not something that, that should be, uh, um, should be denied as like a as a good treatment though. It, but I think the itself, best shape that I've been in was when I was going through physiotherapy. See, and I've never four had a good a experience with physiotherapy. Neither have I, but I kind of wonder if it's not the same thing as the doctors. There needs to be physiotherapy for people that are coming as an excuse to get their insurance payouts. Mm. Yeah. And physiotherapy for people who are like on the fast track to getting back to their prime again. And that's yeah. what I was going yeah. for. I was 4 hours a day, 5 5 days a week. I uh, had a team of physiotherapists, an acupuncturist uh, not to mention, like, man, the, the physiotherapist I got, she was smoking hot. <laughs> they always <laughs> are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Keeps you motivated. Oh, right? it did. I had to make sure I lifted Look at all the Look how strong I am now. <laughs> Look at these biceps, <laughs> baby. Well, that's the thing, though. When you think about it, like, most people go to physiotherapy. They're on, like, workers' comp well, or insurance. I was the only person there that was actually, like, implementing Working. the program. Yeah, Everybody yeah. else was, like, well, you had to think it's a job, right? The longer the longer you're broken and not making progress, the longer you're not working yep. and getting a free check. That's and but I feel and it's the same industry. with physiotherapy as well. The ones that I that's went to I mean, yeah. that they they will drag it no, out as long working, as they can. It's not working. It still hurts. Yeah. Well, no, the therapists right. themselves want you there as long as possible. They're not really yep. there to heal you. No. They're there to it's because like you're any a paycheck, really. Yeah, well, you gotta kind of. Well, that's the thing is like sometimes what a job is trying to accomplish isn't always what it is on the ther- uh, the surface. Now, this is gonna probably piss a lot of people off, but yeah. I personally believe that when you go to see a therapist, like for psychological problems, their goal is not to cure you. Their goal is to make Keep you feel you. okay about being a selfish piece of shit. Huh? Because let's be honest, if you have psychological problems, they may or may not be something that you can solve or cure. But there are things that you can learn to deal with and be a better person because of. Yeah. Like, I've got massive depression, and I don't let that use be an excuse to stop me from doing things or to be a decent person to people around me. I know a lot of people that do use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I think that's true about the therapist. I think that what you're saying about the people using it as excuses, for sure. I, I've met some good therapists. I had some shitty ones when I was a teenager. That definitely were just looking like, I'm at sure a that, paycheck. Like, there's the guys who like talk people off of fucking like the side of buildings and stuff. Like yeah. those guys who really are like, this is there's something at risk here. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure that they actually are doing some good there. But I think most therapists are just there to try and get you to come back tomorrow. You know, making, what, yeah. making it, you feel okay with what's wrong with you. There's also following into a routine that can also help too. Like I went to Community Links for uh, counseling like a few years back, 
And it did absolutely yeah. nothing. But yeah. hey, on the and, other and side, and though, there like, are people too. There's good ones and bad ones, yeah. right? Like I've I've gone to chiropractors since I was like eight years old, and there were some really really shitty chiropractors up there twisting you up and making you come in three times a week for the rest of your way life. Through all their their another practice. fucked up yeah. thing though is like some people just don't have friends. Yeah, that's true. Like too. think about like the three of us, the problems we've had, and just been like, I'm having a problem. I just need to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Even if you've got nothing to give me a value, I need to just get it out there. That yeah. reminds me, I brought your preparation H. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I need to stretch next the herpy cream. <laughs> um, but yeah, for some people, a therapist that really just is a friend to talk to, who's not going to judge them or use it against them. Yeah. Oh, we've that's had fucked up that we live in a world like that. You got to pay for friends. Yeah. Pay for friends. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That uh, I I I I recently talked to some people that that's are in a like bad spot. How many people are friends with people because they'll drink with them? Yep. Oh, hundred percent. That's entirely their friend group. Yeah. And everyone in that group is looking for dirt to make them to raise themselves above yep. the other person. Yeah, I've my, seen that. Oh, ex, she so wouldn't go to she wouldn't go to therapy and she wouldn't go and hang out with her friends. Yeah. And she just closed off on her own. I uh, the the couple that I was talking about they've lived a majority of their life without a group of friends and nothing has gone very well for them and yeah. I'm like you guys have to understand that you don't know anything and until you're around people yeah. that's when you're gonna get that and all and I was very guilty of it too of just having my small we group go through that phases I could like that, yeah right? with it I just wanted the people I could drink with because I could I knew them they weren't gonna be mean to me they weren't gonna call me out um, you know that I could do whatever I wanted and get away with that where most of my friends now if i'm drinking too much they're gonna say hey that you were drinking a lot last night like yeah yeah i guess i was and you rethink you were drinking a lot last night night i did have uh more than i wanted to pops yeah that was a good night it was fun it's a tough it's it's a tough line to balance though to be that type of friend though right to be like you are fucking up like it's kind of like you have to be you have to care enough about them to want to help them be better, yeah. But at the same time, not care enough that you're willing to risk that relationship by pointing it out. Yeah, and, and I think that you know that that takes time to get that with most friends. Like I've got friends that I've known for a long time I that I, I wouldn't be that person. I get like new friends every five years. Yeah. And how long have we known each other? Is it almost up? Three. The timer Three. going up. Yeah. <laughs> Two more yeah. years. Two, one. Shit. Yeah. I lost and all we're out. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I find it just comes. Like you, it, it comes. It's more a matter of finding like your standards for people. Yeah. And you just know, like you meet people, you're like, okay, this person, there's a seed planted here. We're eventually going to be really good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, versus this person is someone who will just hang around on the outskirts of my life, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I like having a mass diversity of friends that, you know, f- from rich to poor, from different cultures. Yeah, but cultures. you're also like that kid that, like, brings stray dogs home. That's kind of <laughs> how I describe your friend group. Some of them are. Some like, oh, I want to keep this one. It's In interesting the, to, like, bring the friends together. Like, last night you met uh, some of my other friends that, that we hang out separately from. Yeah. And it's just... Uh, just like, Oh, did there the car was crash show up yesterday? There are no car crashes. No car crashes. No. I mean, like that figuratively of people. No, no, no. None of them oh. showed up. It was all pretty normal people. Yeah. We were. I was really looking forward to some crazy showing up. No, they're my favorite people. The crazy ones stay inside. Yeah, it's unfortunate yeah. because they're so much fun. Bottled <laughs> wine is way cheaper than going out drinking. Oh, That's true. Yeah. Maybe we got to do some kind of fundraiser where we're going to supply the booze and get all the crazies out. Bunch of boss House party. Wine. You just have to have a house party. House, I can't bring Lucky them. I can't bring them here. You got to host a uh, Tupperware party or a uh, Pampered Chef no, or whatever all those crazies do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Pleasure parties. Pleasure parties, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Right, I'm not bringing them to my house. Some though. sort of pumpkin spice here. hug boot party. <laughs> oh, that's our new though. line of funding. We're just going to have UGG parties yeah. and sells pumpkin spice. Yeah, there, there we you go. go. Yeah. It's all white girls, though. That's okay. Yeah, I guess At so. least they won't have to travel far. Boom. That's true. Well, guys, uh, this is uh, <laughs> this has been uh, almost. This has been hours. a fucking shit show. Uh, Santa Claus. A good conversation. We real. started with Santa Claus. Tell your kids he's not real. Let them learn to uh, just don't fucking listen to us. This yeah, is, if you're still if you're still here <laughs> next if you're still next if you're here next week then well we're surprised and thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So just Chad Mark, I want to know. This is another podcast in the uh, in the can. So we'll uh, we'll see y'all next week. And I don't know about this podcast. Good day. Good day.